Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and today we're going to talk about the challenge, Ride or Dies, Episode 5. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Southern Luke Muncie. What's up, guys? The Vermontian Zoe Tromboli. Hi, everyone. And this episode was not sponsored by Burger King, but <laughs> the episode was, and I got to say, I'm very disappointed because I, I went to Burger King today just to get a paper crown for this podcast, and they were sold out. Oh, no. Yeah. How does that happen? Like, that's literally your whole brand. The, 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 the girl there was like, man, we used to have a lot of these. She was, like, literally, like, searching around, going into the cover. She was dying. like, we really don't have any. And, yeah. It's because everybody saw the promo for this challenge. I went out and got them. I'm convinced. I was going to say, it's definitely one of those things they never give out, and they ran out, and no one noticed because the last time someone asked for one was, like, three months ago. Did you at least get chicken fries? No, I only got a Diet Coke. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to eat too much. I was like, I bought a Diet Coke to be respectful. Like I didn't want to ask for a crown and get nothing. So I got, I just got a Diet Coke and I got out of there. But yeah, uh, let's just jump into this challenge though. We have an episode of this challenge and we had a pool party to start the episode. And I love starting the challenge with the pool party because it, it gives you like a good glimpse of the house. It gives you that old school party vibes. People look good in their bikinis. People look good with less clothing on. Uh, and you get you kind of get a glimpse at who's hanging out with who, what are the showmances going on. I was into it. I feel like one thing that this season is doing really well is showing us these fun things they do because often you'll see like the challengers on Twitter say, well, we did this, they just didn't show it. We're getting all the parties, all the hookups, all the fun stuff. Yeah, I think they are leaving a little bit of the drama, but I do like to see them having a good time. I love watching people canoodle because I would absolutely, if I wasn't canoodling myself, would be like right in there, like gossiping and pointing out all the people that are vibing. And I would have a hard time watching the inevitable train wreck that is Olivia and Nelson. (laughs) They had Shake It by Metro Station playing. Great song. Uh, We had Nelson uh, Nelson and Olivia Fessy and Colleen, uh, Laurel and Horacio. Uh, Colleen looked amazing, just like a side note. Like in the background of some scenes, I was shocked. Girl, look, I, she's amazing. I love her. Uh, but the more interesting moment to come out of this pool party is a new fling emerges as Johnny Bananas and Mariah are a thing. And she says, well, uh, you know, physically he's not my type, but he's goofy. So, yeah. What a compliment. <laughs> Her, that's her way of saying I don't like guys with receding hairlines um, and he's too old for me but this goes back to our point of bananas can only hook up with rookies because they don't know him well enough yet because I think she actually specifically said he has an amazing personality and I was like where my favorite part was when she said my mom warned me about him telling me that she's not watched the seasons previous and her mom has and is a smart lady yeah he's the Leonardo DiCaprio of the challenge it's just like only people who are under 25 that's that's literally the thing and i honestly like mariah is a girl who lives in the gym so like her entire life is like people like that so giant bananas like he told a joke that he hasn't heard before even though everyone in the house has heard it in every other season he's done uh she's like oh that's funny but if she did a second season with him she's like wait you told that same joke last season that that's the main thing that's going on there um but i don't know everybody's a little a little Touching and feeling now and then, I guess. And and you got to know her confessional definitely is eating at bananas. Because bananas would rather have someone say he's hot and they don't like him 
than be like, oh, this guy is ugly, but he's, he, you know, his personality is great because that's just not the person Johnny Bananas is. Uh, Mariah, please stay away. <laughs> Ooh, we go from this pool party, though, to another party. And people are getting their eyeliner on, their XD Roar uh, eras going. Uh, <laughs> we're having an emo party because Jay and Jack wrote a song. And honest to God, guys, this is one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. It was really terrible. Giant Bananas playing terribly on the guitar. Um, it was really bad. But I did like seeing everyone in their attires. Listen, and for you to say that is incredible since we had to suffer through Alien by Emmy last season. But this was bad. This was just like, we're not at summer camp. We don't have to do this. I mean, I get how it tied into the rest of the episode, but I was just like, oh my God, just show us the party. I think it was, I think we are kind of at summer camp and I think it made perfect sense. I didn't expect it to be a top 40 uh, caliber song. I wasn't expecting to hear some like yellow card or some simple plan because that's the vibe we were going for, I guess. But um, I have to say, weirdly, although Johnny Bananas may not have been playing the best guitar, I was like, wow, like there's another side to him. He has tried to learn an instrument. Yeah. Is interesting. Caroline um, recedes, pick up an instrument. It's that logical order. You got to have some way to pull in the ladies, especially, you know, when you don't have an amazing personality. I will say watching them get ready for the party was honestly more fun for me than seeing them at the party. Yeah. Just because like I would gather that none of those people besides maybe Jack, because he shared throwback pictures were considered emo in high school or the early two thousands. And like hearing the commentary from Veronica and Anissa, like what does an emo person even do for their makeup? was just like, do, do they know how to do their makeup is what she said. And it's, and it's just so funny too, because like we had people who lived who were on the show back when like that era was popular, but the show didn't have anyone who was dressing like that. And I was trying to think back and it's like nobody. And like, you could say Carmen Maria, but Carmen Maria was just like, not even fully on that level. I, I thought of like Sarah uh, when she first started, like yeah. maybe even her real world. Uh, but even that to say like full blown emo might be a stretch, but the closest thing. Yeah, I think I think maybe like a year too, but like even then, like they came on their first show and then they're like, oh, this is how people on the challenge dress. I got to change to that. And so it was, yeah, it's funny because like the challenge lived through that era and people weren't really dressing like that. And yeah, so fun looks, bad song. Uh, <laughs> we get to the daily and it's a it's a grueling daily. It's a very intense one. People have to swim out uh, a long distance, come back and forth. Then their male partner does it. Then they get into a uh, boat that's a, a double rowboat where you know, only one person can row. Do it on each side. Uh, some people did not know how to row their boats. Hilariously. Some people were amazing. Some of them looked like they were like Norse Vikings. It was an intense daily challenge. This was basically a mini final that was just all water-based. Uh, some people did well. Some people didn't. Yeah. And I'll say as like a viewer, I didn't appreciate how long the daily was. However, we've been pretty blessed the past couple of weeks with like 10 minute dailies. So I get, we should see everybody showcase their strengths and weaknesses. So I'm not going to complain that much, but I think it was a good show of like who can do what and who suffers. Yeah. I think I would like to see dailies that are this intense physically further down the line. Cause then we're really getting into the elite competitors and showing what they have for a final 
when you have a daily like this that's so grueling and you have this many people, it just takes up too much time in the episode. Um, but it did lead to some very funny moments for sure. Yeah. I did find it funny that like, cause like as they were hitting their checkpoints, they just collected tokens. Um, but they kept calling them puzzle pieces. I'm like, well, they're not, you're not really solving a puzzle here. You're just putting the pieces on. It was just collecting tokens to me. Uh, I did take down who did well. Um, so in the swimming portion, uh, Michelle and Laurel were very much, I think the two best swimmers overall. Laurel took a very quick lead. Uh, Laurel historically, Good swimmer, but it's never been her biggest strength. Uh, but she's just so good at everything that she's still the second best girl in swimming. Very impressive performance by Michelle. We saw her come in second place in the swimming challenge on Double Agents too. She's good in the water. Survivor. Yeah, you know, and I go back and forth of like, just because she's on Survivor does not mean that she's a great swimmer. But like, pretty much everything they do is water-based in some facet or another. So it makes sense. And I believe she said she did swim distance in high school. So she's, uh, that's big for her. It's a big strength. Tori also did very well. Nani did solid. Um, yeah, when it came to the swimming part, swimming only part. <laughs> Nani can uh, Yeah. On um, the men's portion, we had multiple good swimmers. Jay was really solid. Uh, a few people were really zooming though. Jordan, where Anissa was very much like third, like a distant third from Laurel. Jordan caught up to second place right behind Jay like on his tail by the end of it. Uh, Horacio, Olivia was in fifth, uh, and he got them all the way up to, I think, third, pretty close up. Um, and then Fessy in the male's heat. Also, Mariah was in fourth. He got them up to second place during his portion. And like right on the edge of Devin and Tori, who were both very solid. Devin was actually pretty decent too all, all throughout. Then we get to the rowboating. Actually, let's talk about who, who can't swim. Maurice <laughs> is actually just as bad of a swimmer than Nelson, which I didn't know and think that was possible. Uh, <laughs> it was bad. And even like when she finished, she could even hardly get up on the platform to let Nelson take his turn. It was really, really, really bad. I think if you're not a good swimmer, like the shorter distances, at least like you won't be completely gassed. You'll just be slow. But on top of having to do that amount of swimming like she was just done yeah amber also she was she after narice or before they were she really she close. uh she finished before narice and like chauncey wasn't great either uh neither of them were that um well good. and just just to compound on what zoe said okay you're a bad swimmer add on the distance but also you have to lug this puzzle piece token back which limits your movement people That's struggled rough. Nerese struggled. That was hard. And <laughs> Amber and Chauncey DQ'd, and TJ didn't even know that a DQ was possible in this challenge. And I just thought that was so funny. Yeah, I like that line a lot. Yeah, I am proud of Nelson, though, believe it or not, because the highlight of this daily was not how bad of a swimmer he is. Because I do really think that ever since <laughs> Marie made fun of him years ago about a swimming, he's actually gone to the pool, he's actually swam laps. He's not the worst swimmer on the cast, whereas in the past, he could barely even, like, make it. So who's the worst male swimmer on this cast, then, right now? <sighs> Chauncey? I, he's still, I, think, I think Nelson's still pretty bad. I just, I don't know. It, he's definitely gotten better. He, tr he gives his all. That's the thing. He gives his all. Yeah. Um, yeah, he would give his all playing Pictionary. Like, he can't tone it yeah. down. Uh, someone actually had as a bad swimmer was Jack because he because Laurel was pretty 
close with Michelle in second. They had a pretty big lead, and then they fell behind all the way down to fourth by the time she got on the rowboat. Um, that's disappointing. I like I like Jack a lot, but like I think so far in these challenges, he's like really been holding her back. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's let's get more into that. I want to see this because I think a lot of people online have been commenting, like, oh, like why didn't Laurel pick a better ride or die? Why didn't she do this? Johnny Bananas was openly asking MTV to give Laurel as his partner. Laurel was only going to do this show if she got to do it with Jack because that is truly her best friend and someone she fucking loves. And yeah, go Luke. I was just saying, I can respect that she really wanted to stick to the theme as opposed to just like guarantee a final showing. Uh, and what a cool experience to have a friend who has been on a former MTV show and probably wanted to do the challenge and say, hey, I can give them this opportunity to bring them into my own world because he otherwise would not have gotten that. She's a great friend. She's loony and mm. she's a lot, but she's a great friend. And I think it manifests later in the episode, but I think like she's just very black and white. And I think in her head, she's like, yeah, I like Johnny, but we're talking about my ride or die. That is not my ride or die. Like they're friends. They will probably always be aligned with each other on every season they go on, but they're not texting. They're not like hanging out outside of the show. Um, I respect her a lot for that. I think that she probably also just loves Jack so much that she saw so much more potential in him that may not actually be there in a competitive way. But I respect the hell out of her wanting to show up with her best friend and give him this opportunity he never would have had. Yeah. And it's, you know, giant, I mean, you had someone like Giant Bananas who's actively asking production to hook him up with Emily Scrum to partner him with Jenny West. And those fell through for different reasons. Um, yeah, they wanted to inject Emily into this cash. She didn't, you know, she didn't want the shot at a million dollars, so on and so forth. Uh, he got Nani, which is, I think, amazing. But yeah, Laurel wasn't going to be like that. She's like, I'm Laurel. I'll win with anyone who's my partner. And he's my best friend. Let's do it. But as we've seen this challenge, Jack really wasn't great and... I think at one point too, I think he was just kind of like, well, if even if we don't win, we're going to be okay. Whereas Laurel the entire time was just trucking and trucking and trucking, especially rolling that damn boat. Yeah, they're not the same competitive spirit at all. Like, it's just not there. Well, and I almost said it's because Laurel has so many seasons under her belt, but that's not even the case. Laurel is just like a force. I mean, but even Jack says it in the in the challenge where like she bins around the boat, she's like, it's like she's been doing this her entire life. Laurel just has that like instinctive ability where she just knows what to do. She's a natural athlete. She's a problem solver. It's really incredible to watch. And it's like the bit, again, to arguments with people about this all the time where people say, oh, Laurel only wins because she's big. It's like Laurel wins because she's a great athlete. And then also she has size. Yeah. Because we've seen people who are like Naya is nearly her height and Naya is nowhere near the athlete that Laurel is like, there have been other tall women on the show, even at the beginning of Emily Schramm's challenge career. She was not the athlete that Laura was. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's too, it's tough too. Cause like everyone who's tall, who comes on the show, like Maddie, et cetera, they get compared to Laurel. And the moment they're not Laurel, it's like, Oh, they're a flop. And actually most of the time they're pretty good players, but you're not Laurel. Laurel is a one of one person. Uh, now we had other people who could not row. Uh, Mariah, It, 
I just like got a flashback of when I watched that and what she couldn't even like not only could she not row she couldn't even get the paddles back or the oars whatever you want to call them like she was like crossing them like how do I uncross them push them out a little bit recoup figure it out and she's like it's not like the rowing machine which furthers Alan's point that she lives in the gym like the rowing machine is nothing like actually rowing a boat and I gotta say like as someone who like you know when I'm in the gym there have been many times where I where I get a machine and I just do it the wrong way and then I'm like oh I'm supposed to do it this way and it's it's like you're dumb for 10 seconds and then you figure it out it she just never happened with her and Fessy is also the like I gotta say Fessy's a terrible communicator just a really bad communicator but what I do appreciate about Fessy is that he never gets loud. He never gets aggressive like a Zach, a CT would. I, like, I always see like people like – I've seen a lot of people just like be really like mean and slanderous towards Fessy, talking about him as like one of the worst humans ever on the show. He can be a bit of a douche. Like don't get me wrong. But I don't think Fessy's a bad guy whatsoever. And I, I, I thought he was, you know, was pretty cool in this moment. He's a fuck boy, but he's not a bad guy. You know, like he's harmless oh. in the scheme of things. I yeah, just – so sorry. No, just the teacher in me jumped out while I was watching that because I am used to explaining things to children 75 different ways in, in five minutes. Like I'm like trying to explain it one way. Okay. This isn't working. How can I explain this differently? So he just keeps going like, like just, they have to go in and you're, and he keeps going, you're doing it the wrong way. And it's like, of course he's doing it the wrong way. Can you explain it any other way than that? And I appreciated that he had the foresight to know we're not going to win this. And if I lose my cool right now, this is totally going to hurt us in the future. We'll consider this a loss, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose an honor. And I appreciated that. Yeah. And like, you know, you look at his track record, like Bessie like, never talks to women like that way. The only time he's ever bucked up it's to men like Kyle and CT and Devin. So he's that's not, I mean, I respect that. I don't think he's a bad guy whatsoever. I think he's pretty respectful, even though he can be a bit of a douche. Uh, <laughs> love him. Uh Nani also couldn't do it. And also, I think Bananas hit a level where they realized they weren't going to win. And then they're like, let's just stop Nani. They just stopped. There, there was a moment where a team were about to talk about doing really well with the rowing past them. And you could see Nani in the background. And she was just like, eh, we <laughs> lost. They were literally just sitting in the boat at one point. I'm like, I guess you're just sitting there so you don't like get labeled as a DQ or whatever. But Cool. Olivia randomly did pretty well in the rowing after like gassing out in the swim, which I was very proud of because I was like, oh no, she gassed out in the swim, but she showed she had some heart still. Horacio actually didn't do as well with the rowing, weirdly. Uh, Jordan found just absolute machine. At first he was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do this rowing thing because I only have one hand, but we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll find a way. It's like when I apply for a job on Indeed and I'm just like, I'm not qualified for this. We'll figure it out. Yeah. And we got Anissa's fake tears in her confessional about how inspired she is when there were no water. There was no water coming from her eyes. But very cool that Jordan – and listen, I feel like we always say this, and in a way we can stop, but in a way it's also really cool that we continue to. Jordan's just going to do whatever is in front of him. Like it, it does not matter at all at this point. Yeah, I am. I'm, I can't get tired of just pointing out how incredible he is. Yeah. He is just facing a level of adversity that none of the other – people are facing and it's just like Anissa said we don't get need to fake tear up but it's such a testament to his determination that he has just had this mentality from whenever he decided in his life that whatever was in front of him he was going to do it and it he wasn't going to make excuses he was just going to figure a way through it and I think it's incredible 
And it's, it's, it's never going to be, it's never going to be like common for me. Like I just watch him bench press or even just like, and just like, how does he do that? How does he, he just, he's a beast. Uh, yeah, he kills it. Um, one other team before we get into like the winners that are, he's killed it. And that was uh, Kim just being maybe the greatest rower of all time. I mean, maybe it's cause he's so tall. Um, he was like a wing- European, like, is it a European thing to know how to do? <laughs> He looked like a Winklevoss twin out there. He looked like he was incredible. I was very impressed by him. And like you could tell on his and Colleen's faces, they were like, oh my God, this is really cool. Like we're actually competing. Like we're actually in this. I was like almost wondering, like, are they editing this to make it seem like he's going faster than he is? But then he was just zooming by teams. Mm-hmm. I think they did edit it then to make it look like it was a closer match between them and Tori and Devin than it was. But I do think that they crushed it. And I, yeah, I do think it was actually like a close second place in their heat. And I got to say, uh, we had Devin, who we just talked about Fessy not yelling at his partner, was not a fan of like near the end, like once they could see the pressure coming from Kim and Colleen, where Devin just starts yelling at Tori. And I know they, I know. It was just the heat of the moment and they got a good camaraderie, but I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't either. But again, I'm, I'm continuously impressed by Tori this season because she didn't even react to it. She was just like, okay, how can we fix this? Even when he was yelling, no, my ore is stuck in the puzzle piece. She just like, okay, let's figure a way to get it out. She is, she is working on me hard. I think they they also have a good enough relationship that she's not going to take that stuff personally. And because she does have like a competitive sports background, I'm sure she's had teammates, coaches, whatever people who've talked to like that in the heat of the moment. So I think she can compartmentalize that. Maybe at some point she'll be like, you don't fucking yell at me while we're doing a challenge, but she's not ever going to take that personally because it's not personal. Yeah. And she was engaged to Jordan. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like oh Devin's using his inside voice compared to Jordan uh the two teams that did win though were Tori and Devin who were literally like first place from the beginning to start once Tori got done with her swim and then Michelle and Jay who did the same exact thing and in the end Michelle and Jay take home the win it is a grueling daily challenge and the fact that they come out on top when you have so many strong pairs so many strong players in it it's 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 a win that should have had them looking like they were real threats, like they were impressive, like they were a strong duo. And I think they are, to be honest, but we see what happens later. So I, I feel a little biased even talk about it right now, but I'm happy for them. And they've won more money now than a lot of people have on the show. Five grand. Five grand, and everyone gets a Burger King house party. <gasps> and I love watching my favorite reality stars with immaculate bodies who look like models, pro athletes, Instagram influencers, just housing whoppers and fries while wearing paper crowns. I love that shit. Well, they definitely earned them after that daily. I think their uh, caloric output was pretty significant, so they could afford some Burger King. Yeah, I could, I could not afford Burger King. That's why I got Diet Coke. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jay and Michelle have their power, and they have to nominate four teams, and Boy, oh boy, we're gonna we're gonna set the stage because this these I personally believe might be I don't know maybe the worst nominations there's ever been in challenge history like that level of bad uh, at least within this season it's like historically bad uh, 
let's set the stage. Week one, Jay is attached to Johnny. Everyone knows they're best buddies. Johnny nominates the bets. Thus, it draws a line in the sand where people know those two are together. Next week, Johnny Bananas gets power. He nominates Jay against Johnny and Horacio in order to break up that friendship, to break up those alliances, and to put a target on them. Even though Nani is like Michelle thinks that Nani's her best friend, wasn't strong enough to keep them out of this vote. We're literally... The entire house was available. It wasn't like we were down in numbers. The entire house was available. Fast forward weeks. And now they have the power. Why would you not nominate Bananas and Nani? Like literally, like your friendship wasn't good enough to save you when there were that many people. In a few weeks, the nominations are going to be four out of eight teams, four out of seven teams. And even if you wanted to keep that mended friendship they could have easily just said, like, hey, tit for tat, I'm so sorry. Numbers have dwindled a bit since you, we were nominated. Like, this is just the same type of situation. And I'm going to take it even further to say, rookies have gone. It's probably time to shift who you're working with. And I'm going to, I hate to do this, but I'm going to blame Michelle. Because I do think that, <laughs> I love how y'all are both not shocked. You're like, yeah, that's who it was. But, like, Kim and Colleen are so easy to throw in and say, I'm so sorry. It's just how it shakes out. They have no prior relationship with them. I get the weirdness of nominating Olivia and Horacio, but the fact of the matter is they're probably going to go in every single week until they go. Like, throw in a random Nelson and a Reese who you've never, well, probably not Nelson because of Jay, but still, there are other options. What the hell? So in my head, I'm, they're talking about wanting to make a power move. They're trying to want to change the game. You're talking about a power move, a way that is guaranteed to change the game. The four teams that you should have thrown in are Bananas and Nani, Tori and Devin, Bessie and Mariah, and Olivia and Horacio. So, boom. All right, let's. It, right. it might be a scorched earth way to do it, but like, then have a conversation with Veronica because she's a political mastermind. Talk to her, get Nelson and Narice on your side, pull in Kim and Colleen, start collecting some people because that move right there guarantees one of the strongest teams goes home so we got to get back to just the bananas point first though we got to really <laughs> hammer that out i'm sorry we have to because even if it works out like johnny bananas has sold so many people up the river including his ride or die nani in the past people who work with johnny bananas do not win the game johnny bananas aligns with people like leroy and kyle who he knows he can beat in a final. So that is what you're selling people out for, just to be someone that either Giant Bananas betrays or someone he beats in a final. Secondly, you drew the line in the sand week one by aligning with Johnny. By doing this and caving to Bananas, you look so incredibly weak and fearful of them. And on top of that, by not making a strong move, you make yourself an easy vote for later weeks. Because if you go after strong teams, all the teams you did not nominate know that you're playing a like a legit loyal game. And when you end up in the draw with them, they will keep you in the game because they know you will ride with them. But by playing this scared style of gameplay, you're just an easy vote out. You're the new Tommy and Annalise. You're the new Kim and Colleen to everyone else. We're like, all right, let's just toss them in because like the vets want them out. The rookies want them out. We can't trust these people. 
And they have such a glaring weakness as a team in their size that if they get and if there's any headbanger elimination that they are po- possibly going into, they're screwed, frankly. Michelle is tiny. Jay is probably the smallest guy on the cast. It's not going to work for you. Like, you did have options. I think Michelle just completely overthought this to death. Next, we have the Laurel and Jack part of the equation, where Jack and Jay are very close in the house. They are best buds. They wrote a terrible song together. We're all tied to the people we write terrible songs to. But she's terrified of Laurel. And But it's the potential threat of Laurel, not Laurel actually saying she's going after her. It's the potential of Laurel disliking her where she is then like, okay, well, I don't know if that's going to work out. She nominates her based on potential rather than Bananas and Nani, who have actually nominated her, which that doesn't add up. Uh, it's ridiculous, especially if you don't nominate Laurel and force Laurel to strike first, then you are at least vindicated in your thoughts and it proves that Jack is the person who is untrustworthy to Jay rather than you who is untrustworthy to them. And again, it piles and piles and piles on. And fucking not nominating Bananas and Nani is so ridiculous. It's like we get we get an IOU from them. That's what they say. And it's like that's like when your mom drives 80 miles out to like get eight cents less on gas. It just doesn't make sense. Like you're just you're, it's, it's, it's not worth it. Uh, it's so ridiculous. And the most ludicrous part of it all is the fact that they did not ask Bananas and Nani before they made the nominations, hey, if we keep you off, will you look out for us for an IOU? And they didn't ask Laurel and Jack beforehand, hey, Laurel, do you actually hate me And before I nominate you? Why the fuck is that not happening? Well, what Michelle failed to do in me, well, Michelle failed at a lot of things. A few of the things Michelle failed to do, she should have capitalized on this friendship between Jack and Jay. Like, Seeing those two women next to each other, I was like, wow, <laughs> like Michelle could never win the show as long as Laurel's there just because like there are two different types of people. But say, hey, girl, like I'm not going to put you in. Like I know that our partners are really good friends. Like I would love to work together. Laurel might have said no, but I doubt it when she's in the position she's in. But my other take on this is even with the nominations that they make, it was such a, I don't want to say the word, a chicken move. Phoned in. It was phoned in. Well, by putting Kim McCauley, it's like, that's the scapegoat of all scapegoats. You're trying to have an out. If you're going to make a big move, throw in Johnny and Nani with them. Whoa, those are crazy nominations. Probably will bite them in the ass later on. But a big name or two big names are going home regardless. But instead, they were like, oh, Kim McCauley. Yeah, and look, that part I, of the equation. I also don't want to let Jay off the hook too much because as soon as like Jack and Laurel came up, he was like, yeah, I know you've got a thing with Laurel. Instead of being like, have you ever tried to talk to Laurel? Because Michelle just got completely intimidated by Laurel because Laurel is an intimidating person. Like she is a powerful <laughs> presence. But instead of like thinking through, am I just paranoid because she has people that she's friendlier with than me? She just decided that Laurel hated her because Laurel's not trying to be her best friend. Like, girl, she has friends there. Like, she doesn't need to try to be your best friend. And, like, it's kind of crazy that a person from Survivor can't understand that you don't have to be best friends with someone in order to have a working relationship. When so much of Survivor, it's playing the numbers, playing the logistics. And this bothers me to say I'm not a person who invalidates Michelle Survivor win, and I'm still not going to. However... I can see why people are like, she didn't play that great of a game. She has no social read at all. She thought her and Nani were best friends. She thought Laurel hated her. And like, 
perhaps it's just editing, but Laurel had not even paid the girl any attention. Like that's yeah. just who Laurel is. So it's like, give me more to talk about with that. Uh, you're, you're mentioned about Colleen and Kim. When you go into the draw, like that's the easy out for everyone else you align with. Cause they're just going to toss them in. Same with Darrell and Veronica. Uh, like literally from every angle, these nominations were just not good. And it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. And even Jordan and Issa where it's like, they're like, Oh, well, you're not trustworthy. Like these nominations don't make sense. And also like, even if we do go in, it's not going to face like a bad team. Uh, I do think there was a very clear play uh, here. And what Zoe said about like the four strong teams was like very big. Um, It's a little potentially too big, but if you're talking about a power move, that's power. So here's what I had outlined. So Jay has really strong ties to Nelson outside the house. Horacio in the game. Uh, Fessy, they've been friends since like their first season. And then uh, you have Amber and Michelle are very close, even though Amber's laughing at her being paranoid, which I thought was a hilarious scene. Uh, and then you can't nominate Darrell and Veronica or Colleen and Kim, because if you put them in the draw, all the other teams will toss them in. That's just too much of an easy play. You don't throw in Jack and Laurel either, because they're obviously very close. That leaves us with four teams. And the point of this is you go after Johnny, Bananas, and Nani. But you don't throw them in. And you give Johnny Bananas and Nani the same medicine that they gave you with your Horacio, uh, Johnny, J nomination. And you force these allies to throw each other in. So who is Bananas' number one guy? Jordan? It's Devin. It's pretty, like, they're every scene they're well, very Well, because I was thinking Tori and Devin are the, they're the next obvious choice, too, because they're not aligned with them regardless. So you, put, you, you make Devin and Tori the other nomination. And then who are Devin and Tori's closest allies? Anissa and Jordan. Put those three teams in. Put Casey and, and Kenny in the elimination itself. So by putting Casey and Kenny in the elimination, you force a, situ- a scenario where Dene- but, uh, Devin might have to turn on Bananas and throw him in. Or they're like, do we, tr- do we, do we go against the strong team, Bananas and Ani, or Jordan and Anissa, who are weaker, but we're more connected to them? Because I could see Devin, you know, maybe like looking at Tori, like, I don't know if that's the best play. Uh, maybe we have Jordan turning on bananas. Regardless, you have either Casey, who is the best daily challenge competitor all time for females, going out. You have bananas, who's a seven-time champion going out. Jordan, who's a three-time champion going out. Or Devin and Tori, who are probably the most balanced pair in the house getting taken out. And does this put a big target on you? Yes. But it also fractures relationships between these people who are supposedly very close, where they now have conflict. It puts everyone else on their side. And it just... I, I think it would have, you know, created the most drama because you want to do to Bananas what he did to you. That's the goal. And it's just so, like, there's so many layers to it, to the scenario you just said, because, you know, if Devin and Tori go down, chances are Devin would want to put Johnny in just because, like, this is a, a new friendship. Well, not even new with quotation marks. It's a new friendship. They have not liked each other. You know, Nani would not choose Casey in any scenario you know, Anissa and Jordan would probably be like the best team to beat just because of Anissa, but don't forget that Jordan's there. So like, you're right. It would make everybody pull their card. It would just force, it just, you want to force the most conflict out of the nominations. That's the thing. You either want to have the least conflict or the most conflict because that way people are going after each other and maybe the target gets taken off of you a bit. It's a bad daily two of one, to be honest, (laughs) just because 
there are not those like just spare rookies on the side that you can get rid of at this point. Uh, they really messed it up. They really made Nelson and Reese look like Einstein and Stephen Hawking. <laughs> and I think it's just directly related to Michelle's level of paranoia. Like she couldn't even see clearly because she was that paranoid that Laurel had some weird dis- dislike for her, which just wasn't true. Laurel just wasn't thinking about her. She's indifferent about her. <laughs> The interrogation ceremonies were awkward. And I want to apologize to everyone on the podcast for just rambling like crazy because this these nominations just broke the strategic side of my brain. They were really bad. Um, but we go to the interrogations and they're hilarious. Veronica, she's like, this these are like, what were you guys trying to do with this? What like what were you guys trying to do? She's like us watching this episode. Like, what are you guys trying to do here? And they don't have a good answer. You have the instant regret on Jay's face. Colleen and Kim just play their I'm Colleen and Kim card. Like, hi, bye. Uh, Jordan calls him like, oh, calls him like, what are you guys doing here? Like, th- this is this is why people think Survivor's untrustworthy because of shit like this. Mm-hmm. And, and Anissa even mentioned, like, why aren't Bananas and Nani here? Like, not to throw them under the bus, but you had a good reason. So what what, what were you thinking? To get clowned by basically every team in your interrogation is not great. Uh, the, the best was Laurel and Jack, though. You know, Michelle and Jay just ramble for two minutes in silence, like me talking a few minutes earlier. But uh, <laughs> it, it, like, eventually they're like, well, are you guys going to talk? And Laurel's like, oh, did you guys ask a question? She had a great point. <sighs> she did, but I can't help but like, and this is not the real world, so maybe this point of mind is just, stupid but like come on now i get that you're mad but also it's like it's phenomenal tv because i was even watching it like oh my god but in the same sense like i i'm two ways on this you, they could have really buttered up to them and been like what was the move behind this michelle and laurel could have passed it out there but in the same sense who does laurel have to be that scared of yeah with these nominations especially too it's like well okay i'm, I'm laurel i'm better than everyone you know, the same way, like, people like seeing CT say choo-choo and stuff like that. I'm, like, when Laurel is Laurel and, like, 100%, like, unadulterated version of her, I, I live for it. It's just so intense. It's like being in an intense work meeting, though. That's really what it is. They're at their job. And why say more than you need to say? She did not ask a question. She just was explaining why she was so paranoid. And Laurel's like, Cool. What well, what, yeah, what Laurel has mastered that I feel like a lot of people in this world have not, she doesn't owe her an explanation at all. She's already going in, so what's it matter? Mm. And what, what broke Michelle's brain is like we see the scenes after uh, where, they ha- where they're talking in bed and like uh, Laurel has such a level of directness to her that Michelle just cannot comprehend. And the challenge is not Survivor. And Survivor you're always open-ended. You can't give people like these guarantees because like they walk into tribal and don't know the votes are 5-1 against them. You know, that that's how you play the game. You can't give, you just speak in vagities. Whereas Laurel will literally draw out a list for you. And she would have drawn out a list for Michelle if she asked, hey, hey Laurel, where am I on your totem pole? She's like, well, Michelle, I have this person, this person, this person. Oh, look, you're sixth. That's not that bad. It was 
amazing to watch. It was. <laughs> Laurel was just like, again, you put me here. You put me in this position. Why are you looking to me for comfort, for reassurance, for something now? Where was this conversation before? Like, she was 100% right. She, everything she said was right on the money. Michelle, if you were this concerned about Laurel, who, again, is partnered with your partner's, like, best friend in the house or good friend in the house, why couldn't you just come to her and have a conversation? She can't take the heat. And and maybe this is the point I was trying to make earlier, but if this were anyone else but Laurel, probably a bad game move because you don't want to go into elimination. And what Laurel's doing now is pretty much assuring that Michelle's going to say, okay, well, there's nothing between us. I'm going to throw you in. But again, it's Laurel. So I also think she was genuinely confused. Like, what do you expect from here? Like, I don't think she was, and she's not going to be like quivering with fear. That's not who she is. But she was like, I, I really don't know what your emotional need for me right now is. My take on it was that Michelle wanted to have a conversation about whether or not Laurel liked her and maybe like forge a deal moving forward. But again, Laurel's not in a position where she has to forge deals with you. Also, if you're wondering that, ask her directly. Don't keep just saying, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm feeling. Say, hey, like, do you like me? Like, I sometimes I feel like you don't like me very much. Am I reading that correctly? The challenge is such an incredibly direct game. And it just, when people try to not play that style, it usually blows up in their face. Uh, Laurel has it down though. And uh, the scene between her and Jack were like, you know, Jack, you know, he talks fake nice to Jay. And then later they're in bed and she's, and he tells, and he tells Laurel, I've never like forgotten anything that anyone has ever done to me. I'm just going to be like the detractor here because I actually was really irritated by this. And I like Jack. We're Twitter mutuals. Hey, but he did so much with Jay only. And I know it's editing, but only to go back to Laurel and totally contradict it. And I get that it's game. I get that it's strategy. But like to give Jay this weird sense of like, it's okay, we can move forward. And then to flip the switch so quickly, it was just weird to me. And it might be because I'm unimpressed with Jack's performance so far that I'm like, looking at him through a harsh lens. I, I'm not like super impressed with Jack as a competitor, but I think that level of self-awareness about yourself, like that's him recognizing this is a game, but this is also who I am. So I'm going to play this part of the game, but absolutely not. Like I am going to keep this in my back pocket. I'm never going to forget that you did this to me and you didn't even give me the courtesy of a warning. Yeah. <sighs> Agreed. Like, I, I, I'm mixed with you, Luke. Like, the physical performance has had me down on Jack, but this that scene alone, that line alone, had me back on the train. I'm like, that's the most petty, relatable shit ever. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm still not sold because I feel like we just said that the challenge is such a direct game, and that's yeah. not direct. But I get it. I get the strategy behind it. It's not. A, it's a different kind of indirect, though. It's like a, I'm keeping my cards close to the chest rather than I just am making random choices and not being able to back them up. It's just inconsistent to me considering his partner is doing the exact opposite with Jay's partner. Like, again, it's Laurel. I, I get it. But like they were operating in two totally different ways. So we didn't see when Jay and Michelle reconvened about it. But like there's confusion there. Hey, but those are two very different relationships, though. I, I mean, that's. 
That's what it comes down to. And it's also post-nomination. If he had done that in like the days, at, like the day after the nomination, then I think it would be a little more fake. But it's just the fact that like, you know, your game is on the line there. And he makes a difference. Yeah, I just don't think it negates my point that, that they're still partners at the end of the day. So yeah. why not go with like a unified front? That makes it more interesting to watch. Yeah, I will say this episode was interesting, at least, like, it, despite the mess, it was... Because Laurel was the star of the episode. <laughs> Darrell and Veronica, um, they realize before they get to the draw, it's like, hey, maybe we should save Kim and Colleen, because apparently it's going to be us two in the draw every time, so maybe we should have each other's back. Um, they get to the actual draw, they pull the safe dagger, and Veronica... <laughs> She's like, you know, I was really hoping Anissa would, like, come to me and make an official deal, an alliance. She didn't really do that, so I don't really feel like I need to save her. But I'm a vet, and I'm going to play how I usually do, and I'm going to save her. But she announces it to everyone. Yeah, plus this, like, the confessions about, like, hey, we're close. We have all this history. Some of their history's bad. <laughs> yeah, I would rather they acknowledge we are going to look out for each other simply because we've been around the longest. You, they don't like I mean I don't I don't think Veronica likes Anissa at all I think she just knows she has no other options and I think the stuff that Anissa did was it on Dirty 30 was just weird to like talk about Veronica's personal life in a way that was not her place to talk about and I'm sure Veronica hasn't forgotten that yeah and she was also like predatory towards her yeah which is another story for another day but weird weird behavior uh, Veronica is just such a reality TV character because it was not even the smartest game move for her to say all that stuff, but she's just like, eh, I'm going to have fun while I'm here. I'm going to shake the table a bit. She's not here for a long time. She's here for a good time. I think she's also like realizing like based on the way these daily challenges have gone, these things aren't great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I like that Darrell has a good attitude about it too. They're like, we're the underdogs and we're going to see how this goes. But I liked her calling it out in front of everyone. It was an OG all-star. I'm I'm a star of the show move, which she is. So, And I hate to say it, but we somehow overlooked it. Um, her performance in the Daily Challenge was really bad. Um, and it's just it's just like a bad look for all the other people on Challenge All-Stars because like she was doing pretty well on that show. And now it's like, ah, oh, damn. I don't think they were doing a lot of swimming on the, this yeah. last season, though. So especially long-distance swimming. Still, not a great look to have. Just not a great look. And I love Veronica, but not a great look. Um, they obviously save um, Anissa and Jordan. Kim and Colleen go up against uh, Laurel and Jack, and it's elimination where there's some climbing, there's some memorizing. Of course, Laurel's in elimination where there's some climbing again. Which was kind of funny to me because I have a feeling production did this to intimidate her. But... They obviously don't know Laurel that well because she knows in her heart she won that elimination. So she's not intimidated by the climbing aspect of Very it. true. I I was just like in that elimination, uh, the fact you had to ask TJ for a check and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, if TJ, if you if you tell her, like when you when he blew so spoiler alert, this wasn't the most exciting elimination to watch, but Laurel and Jack win. Uh TJ blows the horn, and I was like, well, TJ, she doesn't know that means she won because you've blown the horn on her before and then you took away her win. Yep. 
I was happy for her to get this moment back, this reclamation almost because like she, the, her one true loss, she lost. Okay. But on one of the worlds too, what a massive mess up, like could have changed the whole trajectory of that season. Plus like production awarded Ninja, the most intolerable person in the world. It just, I was happy to have her win. Now we talked about communicating with your partners and understanding like healthy, like sportsmanship and yelling who Jack understood it. I get it. But my God, if I had Laurel Stuckey yelling at me to do something, I would cower. I think it's a bit of foreshadowing that they're not going to be able to do very well. Like, and I, I think she was getting frustrated because she was, he couldn't do it. Like he really just wasn't performing very well. And so she was starting to lose her shit. I appreciate him knowing her well enough to not take it personally kudos to him because you need to have a thick skin working with her uh, especially if you're not going to be good at things which he's not yeah and like i will say when they did win laurel had like the like the eyes of a proud parent like a proud mom like she was just so happy for jack to experience an elimination win she's like this is my best friend i love him so much like that's your first elimination win aren't, aren't you like so happy because it's like it's something she's experienced so many times before and that was a bit heartwarming, I'll be honest. I agree. It just is a weird kind of dynamic because, yeah, she's like, oh, my goodness, I'm so happy for you that you have this. But she's still in the game, and she's still someone who could totally win a season. And when I think about the pairing, I don't see them winning a final together unless Laurel picks his ass up and carries him across the finish line. Or they could, they could yeah. win a final if Jay and Michelle make actual power moves and get strong teams out, and then you know maybe they're going in a final against each other. But when people play the game like this, no, it's not happening. Kim and Colleen did pretty well. And I got to say, they were, I, I love them. They're just, they're just delightful people. They're just very nice, kind people. N nothing bad to say about them. And I do, I do have one thing I, I was wondering watching this elimination because they had to communicate. Were they allowed to talk in German? Because I think I that thought the same thing. I, I hope so. If they didn't let them, that I wouldn't be surprising. But it's kind of messed up. I mean, they were speaking in, in English the entire time, but that is messed up. Like, we as viewers do not need to hear what they're saying for them to be able to compete. Also, if you're, you subtitles. Subtitle it. You have to subtitle it sometimes when CT talks. Like, you can't subtitle for Kim and Colleen speaking an actual different language. Mm -hmm. It's like talking in English is already tough enough. When you're trying to convey colors and shapes in a different language, you're like, in the heat of the moment, that's tough. And there were weird images. Like there was one that looked kind of like a chain link. Like they and probably didn't know the English words for all of those things. Yeah, she called it an infinity symbol. I noticed that. And it clearly wasn't. So let them speak German. More German on the challenge. That's maybe not. No, I don't know. But let but, them speak German in the elimination. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. I don't know if I want to see them back, but I, I only have fond memories. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how they do in another season. Colleen and her boobs looked great in her last confessional also. Great attitude, too, about it all. <laughs> the, the height difference between them is just so funny, too. Every time every time they stand next to each other, it just it makes them look even more adorable. I'm sorry. If Nam can come back for like four seasons, these guys can come back. They can please replace Nam and his 
unfortunate luck on this show. He got cast on a Netflix show, though, apparently, in Mexico. Good, I saw go that. Have fun. Yeah. Whew. What an episode we got. Laurel comes back, and yeah, Jay and Michelle are now public enemy number one to basically everyone in the house. It's going to be, I don't know, interesting to see. Yeah. Their only allies are people who are not likely to win a daily, so they have to win to protect themselves. Um, and depending on what the daily is, that could be a pretty uphill battle for them. How you guys feeling? Was just about to say, loving it. Like I'm, I feel like. Go ahead. No. I feel like there are so many people, and Zoe might say she's not loving it. That's okay. I'm not talking about Zoe. But I feel like there are so many people that like base their opinion of the show off of what others say on Twitter and things like that. It's really good. I feel like the producers have listened to some of the casting things that we've said, some of the editing things that we've said. So it was a solid episode and mostly because Laurel, but like it was still really good. No, I'm loving it. I am really enjoying this season. The music, again, it is staying there, which is great. And I am so excited to see Crazy Nani next week. Oh, my Those God. faces I have not seen in a long time. <laughs> I'm glad we're enjoying it. It's been very solid. There's been nothing, I, you know, really to hate, I think. Um, it's just been a good season. It hasn't been the best season, but it's just been consistently solid, I think. That's all we can ask for at this point sometimes. <laughs> Crazy Nani, here we come. Make sure to subscribe to us. On Twitter at CF Confessionals, uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, at Zoe Trimbo on Twitter, at Final Reckoning, the I's or L's. I just look for them in my follower list, whatever. Uh, <laughs> follow me on at the Atlantic here on Twitter. Um, yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Get some Burger King. <laughs>